Hey friends, thanks for tuning in. This week we get to have a conversation with Will Woodson, who's an amazing pipe maker, player, as well as flute player, and uh, wax cylinder aficionado, we learn in the interview, and uh, and lots of other things. Very cool person, with a lovely voice, by the way. Um, if you ever need something else to do, Will, feel free to record some audiobooks. I would listen. Um, we talk a lot about and get some samples from a semi-recent album that he did with, uh, with Caitlin Finley and Chris Stevens. Oh, and some, some guest appearances too from, uh, from Jackie, uh, oh, Jackie O'Reilly called The Glory Reel. Really great album. I'd suggest checking it out if you haven't already. There are links in the show notes. We got some samples throughout and I'm going to give a, give a copy of it away to, uh, one of the show supporters over on Patreon slash Jim who mails in a check. Thanks, Jim. Um, so here I got my little Cthulhu Dice Tower. I got a D12 is what we need right now. Let me double check this. Yeah, that's right. So I've got everybody, all the patrons, all the supporters set up right now. I got Alec will be number one, John Charles number two, Rod number three, Carol number four, Sarah number five, Andrew number six, Bradley number seven, Alan number eight, Jeremy number nine, JD number ten, Camille number eleven. I got Jim on here for number twelve. Got a D12. Let's see what Cthulhu says. Number 12, Jim, I will be reaching out to you, getting you a copy of this album right away. And uh, enjoy the interview, everybody, and uh, thanks again for tuning in, and and have a great time. Bye-bye. is a um it's it's it feels like a good one for me personally to ask you like an initial question here because here's the thing um as of i don't know six seven years ago if i'd Mm -hmm. seen your face i would have thought you were nate banton (laughs) right (laughs) because um i was familiar with you because of a lot of youtube videos that i watched rather a lot of you playing Mm -hmm. uh like five drone small pipes and border pipes with a contrabass and stuff like that um, that are on Nate Banton's YouTube channel. And so um, now I'm hearing you on this album playing flute. Mm-hmm. Hey, hang on a sec. This isn't Nate Banton. And also he's a killer <laughs> flute player. Well, like what is uh also, by the way, like this is a complete tangent, Will, but um, mm-hmm. I typed flautist into, into my, my show notes the way that mm-hmm. I thought it was going to be spelled, but it autocorrected to flutist. Am I just using <laughs> archaic spelling, or is that uh, is that just my ignorance, or what's going you on know, there? You <laughs> know, I've never been I've never been too sure about the whole thing um, uh, because Irish flute players. Uh, well, you heard it just there. We we tend to use the term or avoid the term altogether and just refer to flute players as flute players. Mm. Um, uh, my I, I've I think I like a, a hundred years ago I recall like uh, looking this up, and I think flautist comes from some sort of like you know 
late 19th century poetical talk. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, feels, and, feels, uh, feels like it would fit there. Yeah. And, and flutist is like maybe a more uh, direct modern term. Um, but yeah, you know, I mean, it, you know, it, 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 Irish musicians, I think are, are much too down home for the whole affair and just tend to yeah. call each other <laughs> flute players, you know? Okay. Now, now that we've gone off on that tangent, I got another one. I want you to clear up for me if you're willing, Will. I, sure. I, in the same, <laughs> I've never, even after decades of playing, I still do not, I never feel comfortable with how I'm referring to bellows. <laughs> You know, is, I have one, is it a set of bellows? Or do I have a bellow, right, that goes under my elbow? Does anybody know? Is this um, figured out? I think it's a, I always refer to bellows in the, uh, well, as such, in the, in the plural. You know, mm-hmm. a, like, I just got a new bellows. I never call them a set of bellows. It's always, I, I just got a new bellows from, mm-hmm. you know, so-and-so or like, yeah, my bellows is leaking or my bellows are leaking, I suppose. Um, uh, my friend, Jim Winham, uh, who's, uh, lives in Ireland, um, but is uh, from England originally. He's a great pipe maker over there. Um, and a, and a friend of mine, Jim, uh, has been known to refer to them as bellows as, uh, which I always, I, I have an awful Bellows fondness is. for Bellows is, but I've never, <laughs> I've never better. been able to pull it off myself. Um, uh, uh, it's like, I don't just take it even further. Blast it out of the water. Bellows is. Yeah. That's um, great. But yeah, but I, I call them Bellows anyways. Okay. Well, now that, now that I, I'm, I'll just um, follow your lead. I, I consider mm-hmm. you an authority. So, so now that the, the important like technical stuff is out of the <laughs> way, now, now let's get back to this question I had about, uh, about fluting. Um, mm-hmm. Like, you know, how does this figure into, into you as a musician? Like, was it flute? Is, 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 am I asking you a chicken or egg question, really? If I say, was it flute first, whistle first, pipes first? Um, it was, what leads it was, to what? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it was all at the same time, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Started out like many do, uh, playing with a local pipe band, um, but, uh, was getting on to tin whistle and, uh, at the same time and then got into wooden flute a few now, years later. Another misconception that I have to clear up in my own, like, orientation of the world is I had some awareness about, uh, Banton pipes and and your playing and stuff happening in Portland, but I'm from the western half of the U.S., so I was assuming mm-hmm. Oregon, but I now think that probably wasn't right. Right when you say local no. pipe band, you're a you're a New Englander, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I live in Portland, Maine. Um, lived all over before I before I uh, uh, wound up here. Um, but yeah, the the family roots are in in New Hampshire originally. Mm, um, gotcha. Um, and, 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 uh, people in my family from around Boston and that sort of thing. And was that the location for that local pipe band? Was it in New, in New Hampshire? Actually the, the local pipe bands, um, uh, I spent, um, uh, some of my time growing up living in Orlando, Florida of all places. Oh, gotcha. Um, uh, so yeah, I, I got my start musically with a, um, uh, pipe band down there uh called uh rosie o'grady's highlanders um which oh, is really? a t- terrific contradiction of terms um what a great name too though. Yeah, yeah, yeah um so kind of your it was, it was really your kind of classic you know uh irish american pipe bands you know yeah. um uh, a lot of great people involved with it um and had a great time playing with them when i was uh, when i was a little kid um mm-hmm. and uh yeah god god i suppose that really like uh kind of got my first start in music um 
that away, uh, but at at the same time was was uh, getting a hold of uh, tin whistles and, and starting mm-hmm. to figure out stuff on 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 that instrument, and then got onto the flute uh, a few years later. Were those teenager years, or were these was this college time? What, what, what uh, teenager years? Yeah, I would have yeah. started on the pipes and the whistle um, sometime uh, around age uh, ten, mm. um, and um, I think the flute. I got onto when I was 14 or 15. Was that, was there any, what, like, was that in part like, like school band kind of like, like silver flute kind of thing, or was it always trad stuff kind of? It, it was, on yeah, the- it was, all, it was always traditional music. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I never, um, never had any interest in, uh, you know, at first I didn't even think that I, that I liked flute really. Um, and certainly kind of the more uh, classical flute wouldn't have spoken to me at all. I think it wasn't until I, heard uh recordings of um flute being played like in a um kind of more ag- aggressive i suppose rhythmic mm. style interesting. Um, interesting that i got to say that. that i got interested in in yeah. actually playing the flute yeah it, this and this might just speak to my own unevolved nature will um so you don't have to join me in admitting something that's not true about yourself but i know that for me as a teenager flute was for girls Dude, so it, I played it, it, tin whistle, but I wouldn't have ever played the flute when I was a teenager. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I've talked about this with um, uh, uh, loads of, of, of friends of mine. Um, it's such a funny thing, like the difference between how flute is perceived in Ireland uh, and versus America, you know, mm. outside of the traditional Irish music uh, yeah. uh, scene in America. Like, you know. Uh, and obviously I don't agree with this at all, but like, it, you know, going back generations in, in, uh, in traditional Irish music, you know, flute was very much, you know, considered a man's instrument, you know, mm-hmm. um, uh, like, uh, you know, the, 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 the old guys, uh, would be saying, you know, like, you know, women didn't have enough wind to blow the flute and, and that sort of thing, which obviously is complete nonsense. Um, yeah. but, uh, uh, there, there was like very much this uh, uh, perception of the flute being like this macho um, uh, uh, man's instrument, you know. And then like you go back a century and you see you see women in Irish music playing, you know, playing fiddle, uh, uh, playing concertina and accordion, um, a few of them playing pipes, but you almost never hear of a woman playing flute. So yeah, it's it's this very masculine thing, and then yeah, like you 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 come over here, and yeah, I mean I mean I'm 35. I don't know how old you are, but certainly at the time yeah, I was growing, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. At, at the time I was I was a kid, like yeah, uh, like no, like flute was was definitely thought of as 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 uh, as something that only uh, girls played. Right. Um, so no, I was keeping I was keeping the flute playing well hidden um, at uh, at school. I can tell you that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and it's funny too that like certainly at that age I was like if if somebody had said Irish flute, the image that would have come to my mind would have been Matt Malloy from the Chieftains. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But in spite of that, still I would have you know definitely been like no, that's for girls. Um, yeah, but yeah, yeah. but I I love that you mentioned that you you heard that more aggressive rhythmic style because so all of this it, this is also self-serving here's the, here's the thing well i'm 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 
I'm reckoning with the fact that everything I ever do in life ultimately really is just very selfish, very self-serving. <laughs> I, might, I might try to convince myself that I have altruistic or community-minded goals, but really it's all for me. I just <laughs> recently ordered a flute um, because I got together with some other small pipers here locally, and, and we mm -hmm. all kind of brought whistles and stuff like that, too. It was kind of a show-and-tell kind of thing, um, yeah, try yeah. each other's instruments out and stuff, and, and uh, there were some flutes there. And I'd been flute curious for a while, right? I really like playing whistles, but I've all since since getting older and such that I'm no longer worried about uh, perceived gender norms, right? Uh, <laughs> right. I I have been interested in flute, but very much feeling uh, um, intimidated by the idea of getting sound to come out without mm -hmm. a fipple. Um, I, I had a Peruvian friend who was really good on uh, the cana. Are you familiar with that one? It's kind of like yeah, a whistle. Yeah, yeah. yeah, without a mouthpiece. And I mm -hmm. tried that for a little bit and could never get sound to come out of it. And so um, this this uh, gathering, one of the flutes there was a wooden flute. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought, well, I'll pick it up and blow on it, see what happened. And noise came right out of it. It was not, now, now, now I'm not trying to say <laughs> it's easy, right? But I'm just saying I was surprised that I could get noise out of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um and so like more than ever before I've really been paying close attention to flute players and not to make you feel awkward but especially yourself I've been looking at a lot of YouTube videos of you playing um and I love that style of play mm -hmm. which I do, I am too I'm such an outsider to flute playing really like never having played close attention to it that I don't know to what degree what I'm hearing from you is a uh, Will Woodsonism right or yeah. or typical of the genre but track four on on um on that same uh album it was mm -hmm. uh what was the title of that one i, mean, I, I, I recorded this album in 2019 i have to pull it up myself right track yeah, four. oh yeah the uh, oh geez the flood on the home yeah. yeah yeah i just i feel like it's a really great example of the, what you're saying that really rhythmic uh uh sort of a uh, driving powerful flute playing that i love that sound man that is cool I feel like I've been monologuing now for too long, Will. Tell me about that style of play, where you first encountered it, why you like it, how you do it, all that kind of stuff. Absolutely, yeah. Um, well, it's, it's certainly I didn't invent it. Um, and I think uh, I, 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 my own uh, efforts are simply a, a me trying to kind of, you know, um, emulate my own musical heroes. Mm -hmm. um, the... My own how I how I came to that style of flute playing myself um, was initially. I mean, I, I have to I have to be honest. Initially, it was encountering uh, recordings of a flute player named Harry Bradley, mm. um, who is a fella originally from Belfast, um, and he in the I think when his first album come out. It was the early aughts anyway. So these albums were coming out when I was. 
of a, uh, you know, being in my teens now, um, uh, I was of a prime age to kind of hear um, his playing and it left a deep imprint on me. And Harry, I think, was at the forefront of uh, certainly not a, not a revival of the style of playing because um, there were loads of players in Ireland playing like this, but um, maybe putting this style of more rhythmic playing um, in a recorded context and uh, putting it kind of on a pillar. Um, mm. Harry's very much a virtuoso, um, but instead of going in the direction that a lot of flute players were going at the time, which is to say, um, emulating, uh, Matt Malloy, mm-hmm. um, uh, who left, you know, is, is a genius flute player and has really changed the landscape of Irish flute playing. Um, mm-hmm. uh, Harry went in a very different direction and, uh, as, as his own kind of, uh, stylistic heroes went, uh, kind of has, studied a great bunch of uh, flute players from older generations um, who, who played in, in a very rhythmic um, style. Mm. Um, and of course, Harry was coming out of the uh, scene in uh, around Belfast and around the North in general, um, where there are a, a whole bunch of flute players um most of whom play in to to a greater or lesser extent in a very kind of rhythmic um aggressive uh, musical style um did did you like this is um just thinking about how we're about the same age and stuff did you happen to see i feel like this was like not the earliest days of youtube but still kind of early ish youtube like early like when the viral video was still kind of a new concept mm -hmm. a a beatboxing flute player did, did no, that, that I think I think that one totally went went me uh, went past me. No, ah, well, well, so, something to look up later. Then never mind. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll check on. it out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that's I think that's uh, that's that's a, so I was hearing these albums um, when I was you know in my teens, and um, I think that was my jumping off point for realizing that you could you could play flute in in that uh, sort of style. Mm -hmm. um, and as, as I've, you know, uh, as, as time went on, I, I, you know, studied Irish music more and more, um, uh, and, you know, got out into the world, started going to sessions and that kind of thing. Um, and, uh, it, that, that style of playing that, that you hear in my own, in my own music is really like, um, it is a huge, it is a huge part of, of traditional Irish music and, and traditional Irish flute playing that's maybe um, a bit, even still this day, maybe a bit overlooked simply because of the dominance of the more kind of flowy, um, mm. uh, you know, I suppose like more melodically oriented style that Matt Malloy popularized. Um, but uh, the, the, the older, older generations of, of flute players in Ireland, like there's just most of the examples you hear of them playing are, um, in this more um, rhythmic, percussive kind of you know dance-oriented style, yeah. and um, in in more recent years, maybe in the past uh, decade or so of my own musical work, um, I've gotten 
very interested in, uh, I mean, I suppose you could almost call it Irish American music, but in the generation of Irish musicians who immigrated to America and recorded uh, in the 78 era, um, in the mm. 1920s and 1930s in New York City. And the flute players of that era, really without exception, uh, as far as my own knowledge is concerned, uh, were playing in a very, very rhythmic style. Um, mm. Without, um, you know, it, 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 it's almost a world apart from a lot of the conclusions that that modern flute players have come to. Um, mm. So that's where that's where a lot of my own um, music comes from these days. And uh, you know, going full circle, like Harry Harry Bradley was going ex exactly to those same sources for a lot of his own inspiration when he was recording these albums in the mm. early aughts. Um, I mean, not to speak for him, but I, I've heard him. I know he admires flute players like John McKenna and um, uh, uh, James Morrison and, and fellows like that who were guys over here um, recording in the uh, in the 20s. And of course, they were coming from a whole school of, of North Connacht flute playing um, that um, is still like in that locality is going strong to this day, like great, great rhythmic flute players, great flute players in general um, mm -hmm. from that area who have really kept that tradition alive. Well, I, I love that sound and, and that with like, you know, try, trying to balance both things on your side. Like I'm not, I'm not trying to say like, uh, uh, that you, like, <laughs> let's see, I get too much inside my head with this. Will <laughs> I really like the sound. What I'm trying to say is that I fully recognize that part of that is that in many ways, I'm a newcomer to this whole thing, mm -hmm. you know, in spite of being like adjacent to it for m most of my life being like lots of listening and playing along with trad music, but never really mm -hmm. paying much attention to the flutes, you know? Um, but also like for me, at least, no, you're, you're my, you're, you're my uh, reference for this style of playing. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to make you feel uh, nervous about the next time you put out an album. And say, <laughs> if I don't do this right, it'll screw people up because they're, look, they're looking to me, you know, but you know, I just, thanks for doing it. Cause I like it. And I wouldn't have noticed it if it hadn't been for your playing. And I, I, I would say too, that like, uh, that Daymark EP that you did, there's oh, a, yeah. I mean, you, you do this all over the place, of course, but the wild Irishman in that mm -hmm. one, do you remember that track that, that yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I thought that was a a killer example of like some really cool rhythmic flute, flute playing as well.
send you a list of other flute players so you have a wider source than just uh, than just me. But <laughs> no, no, I'm, I'm good with I'm good with just the collected works of Will Woodson. <laughs> uh, but you, you mentioned that you, you mentioned the Irish American thing, and that is something I wanted to ask you about because I, you know, again, I'm I'm a I'm I'm quite ignorant of this whole thing, right? And mm-hmm. uh, and um, back on the uh, the the Glory Reel uh, album, you had one set that. Um, it, it ends with uh was it blackberry blossom i think sure yeah 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 yeah. and i did you know of course that one stood out to me like just even just looking at the track list i was like oh a bluegrass classic and uh and it did make me wonder so <laughs> here's the thing on the one hand i have looked at that book wayfaring strangers that talks about mm-hmm. uh sort of the transatlantic trade of music you know and so like i'm aware that what i think of as a bluegrass bluegrass tr- uh, classic might actually have roots <laughs> in the british isles whereas you know for me it feels very appalachian but mm-hmm. I, I did want to ask you like is that is that an example of the irish american is that the american of irish american music uh in a in a like an overstated obvious way or is that uh something I, off about my perception of it you know that's actually it's an interesting it's an interesting question um i think that there's there's two and i know the book you mean the wayfaring strangers there, there's kind of it 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 is but of an earlier era mm, um, interesting. if you so know what i mean the, it's not the 20s and 30s that you're that you're talking about referencing exactly there yeah. there's there is that there obviously you know um American music, and if you're talking about um, styles like you know old time music or, or bluegrass music um, that we think of as being uniquely American products, which I suppose they are, um, they're coming from that kind of um, melting pot of of all sorts of different cultures and ethnicities mm-hmm. um, uh, melting together in rural areas for the most part if my understanding of it is it correct I've, i'm no expert you know that, that um, fits my mental picture at least yeah and, you know yeah um but you, i think you're talking about it's, it's a story of people coming from other places and um essentially in 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 in, in rural rural areas like essentially like over a generation or a few generations um losing that uh identity and gradually you know becoming um american right right you know um whereas i think the the when i talk about uh the irish american tradition that i'm referencing is a more recent one and an urban one um i'm talking about um uh irish people immigrating to uh America in the post-famine era um, to places like Chicago and New York and and Boston. Well, that um, makes sense. Like listening to your album, I, I I don't know if I've got my time. I forget when it was that Prohibition was on, but mm-hmm. the when I, when I listen to you know the the bluegrass music, you know, I'm thinking of the 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 Smoky Mountains, right? But mm-hmm. when I'm listening to the Glory Reel, my my imagination is in a speakeasy. <laughs> right, yeah. Is that yeah, about yeah. right? <laughs> which is the context. I mean, like, the, the we, are, we are talking about the 20s, which is exactly when Prohibition yeah. was going on. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, the 20s and 30s. And, um, and it's, you know, it's in a tradition that uh, it, it really does continue on to this day. Um, my, most of my um, 
own musical studies of of that stuff are second hand because we don't really have we're not there you know there's an there 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 is an irish american piping tradition there's an irish american flute playing tradition but it hasn't been carried on with quite the same strength as the irish american fiddle tradition where mm. in new york city you have musicians who can trace a uh line of tuition going all the way back to Michael Coleman, um, like literally an, an unbroken chain of, of musical transmission in terms of people studying with people. Um, and my, my, you know, my, my musical partner and my, my life partner, uh, uh, Kate Finley, uh, is, is part of that, um, is, is part of that story. She was taking lessons, um, from a fellow named Brian Conway, uh, mm. um, and, uh, and Rose Flanagan, um, uh, uh, who's who's Brian's sister? Uh, great fiddle players of them both who teach uh, great sure musicians. That I've heard both of those names, but yeah, their names both sound very familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're 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 really they're famous Irish American fiddlers. Um, and uh, uh, they they've taught a bunch of students um in the in the New York uh, uh region. Um, and Brian was a student and a and a great friend of Andy mm -hmm. McGann, um, who in turn was a uh student and really the, the the leading protege of michael coleman himself mm -hmm. um so there you have um a century plus now of uh the, of, a, of a regional irish american style um and i, I think I, sorry go on. no no carry on carry on yeah um i just think it, it's it's a, it's a thing that can kind of get it particularly in this era um it's a thing that can get overlooked a bit simply because and, and you know i think probably rightfully so um so many americans particularly so many americans outside of the you know kind of the northeast um uh, the little corridor we have from dc up to boston um naturally kind of look to ireland as a source of authenticity mm -hmm. and assume that anything they're getting in america must be kind of secondhand um yeah but I, I, I think I just think I think it's an, an overlooked thing that we do we do have our own thing going on over here, and um, it, I'd leave it to other people to decide whether it's bad or good. Hmm. Um, uh, but uh, I don't. Um, you simply can't argue the fact that we do have our own kind of you know tradition. So well, I think that, that that's what I mean when I say Irish American music. That that's exactly what I wanted to know because it's like, like. And again, this a lot of this is like my own ignorance kind of like being revealed and then me like realizing like, oh, there are other worlds I had not even considered, you know, mm -hmm. but like, um, like, like, like the question might be something like if you if you're an Irish American music uh, musician and you make an album like the glory reel, right, um, then and, and I'm speaking like very broad brush here, right? And this is like more like more like presenting the questions that the the, the ignorant me would be asking, right? Mm -hmm. Um, is the goal to sound Irish? If not, is the goal to sound American, right? Well, you know, in this in these like simplistic terms, it's like, well, Irish means like of a certain time period across the ocean, and American mm -hmm. means of a different time period on this side of the ocean. And so then to say Irish American. It's like, whoa, what are the defining characteristics of that genre? You know, like mm -hmm. it's its own thing. And like you say, is there is there an, is there a, a perception out there that it's second rate? It's like, well, if you can't be if you can't be genuine Irish music, then you're only Irish American music. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I don't I'm not know. saying I think that. I'm just saying like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, 
Um, I think, I mean, that's, I think that gets into, I mean, that really gets into, I, I don't know that I've encountered a lot of people thinking that, uh, that kind of Irish American tradition is, is second rate or anything like that. Um, I think, I mean, universally, well, I don't know, I'd say universally, but, um, it's, it's pretty inarguable, arguable that, um, particularly the fiddling tradition, um, uh, Michael Coleman and Patty Killorn and James Morrison, um, that these musicians, uh, were genius, the absolute just geniuses on their instruments and, um, left a massive footprint in the tradition, um, of course in America, but also back home in Ireland. Mm. Um, so I think uh, us musicians over here who are kind of treating them as the Holy Grail, um, if anything, we might be seen as a bit old fashioned. Mm -hmm. Um, but I don't, I don't think I don't, I, I've not encountered people, um, uh, thinking that, uh, what the kind of the, the tack that we're on would be, would be second rate or something like that. Mm. Um, not, not anyone with, with any kind of understanding of the tradition anyways, you might, you know, um, you meet, you meet all sort of people going around to gigs, you know, um, uh, who might not sure. know too much about Irish music. Um, uh, and, but there's yeah. that there's that uh what's that poem that's like uh drink drink deeply or not at all because a little bit <laughs> knowing a little bit is the most dangerous thing right yeah so, yeah 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 uh, if you know a little bit about the musical genre then you might consider yourself an authority and then you'd right. walk up to Will Woodson and tell him he was doing it wrong <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I really I really do run into very little of that um, oh, that's good to hear <laughs> yeah um. Uh, if people are, if people are thinking those things, I suppose they're at least keeping it to themselves. They're keeping it to themselves. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, yeah, well I don't, does, does, that, does that answer the question? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. I mean, and, and, you know, to some degree, on, honestly, it's an admirable answer to what was a very, uh, not very specific question. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're, we're speaking jazz here. I was just laying <laughs> down a few bars and you responded. That's great. <laughs> the, uh, the, 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 the journey that you've taken up to this point in your music, maybe take me back a little further too. Like, were you taking piano lessons before you hopped into pipe band? And how the heck did pipe band happen? Did you have parents or siblings who played pipes or drums? Or like, wh when did you first encounter bagpipes? And why did you think I want to play that? That's a great question. Um, and I'm, I was young enough at the time that um, the, I think the the memory's a bit, a bit fuzzy. Um, no, I didn't really have any musical education uh, prior to uh, the pipes um, and the tin whistle. Um, I my there's you know my my family is uh, Irish American, um, but neither of my parents played any music. Um, my uh, great grandmother played fiddle. And she was still alive when I was a kid. She wasn't playing fiddle anymore, but I think there was that kind of, um, it's the sort of thing where my, you know, my mom, like we're, we're, it's, it's abstracted a bit. Like my mom remembers going to dances when she was a little girl mm. and, you know, dancing waltzes, um, and that sort of thing, um, while my, my great grandmother played. 
Um, but my grandmother wasn't a musician. My mother was a musician, but she didn't play um, uh, traditional music at all. Mm. Um, so uh, by the time that I got around to it, it was this is kind of just like, you know, notional um, uh, uh, almost ancestral memory, except that my, my Grammy white was, uh, still knocking around in, in, in her nineties. Um, yeah. but it was like, uh, uh, the, the family had retained a kind of imprint of music even. Though exactly. Yeah. I see. Um, so I think, I wonder if that had to do with it. Um, the, the, the local pipe band practice about two blocks from my house. Ah, so you couldn't um, help but hear them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it wasn't much just to, you know, walk down the door and, and start, uh, or walk down the block and, and start poking around, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and they were a nice bunch of people. Um, and I think my parents were just happy to have me out of the house, you know? Um, yeah. so I think it, I think it got started. I think it got started that way. Um, was you know, that, there were, were they kind of a street band kind of thing or were you doing exactly. a competition? Gotcha. Uh, you know, there was, there were, we did, we did compete, but it was, um, uh, uh, what was it now? Was it grade four? Was it? Um, Pro- is that probably. The, yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. might have started a grade five while you're there, but that. that yeah, it might. It might have been. That's yeah, about the time when grade five was getting developed, so it might have still been grade right. four, or maybe grade yeah. four B, or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and like, good God, man, we were in Florida. Right. Um, right, yeah. uh, not to, not to, not to, not to, uh, talk down on the, uh, on the, on the, uh, great people of Florida. I'm sure the piping scenes come on a, a bunch, but to cheese, I mean, I wasn't there too long either anyways. It's, um, it's not the, it's not known as like the hotbed of North American piping, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Um, and you know, I think, I think my, uh, my parents would have had, you know, a bit of Irish music on around the house, you know, the chieftains and that sort of thing. Sure. Um, so I think, you know, I, and I was a young kid, so I think just I was interested in that sound. And I think the hearing the pipes and knowing that they were that close to me, mm. um, it, it was just a very natural first step. And like, you know, the, it, I think it's always a bit of a uh, like it's it's pipe. I think in traditional Irish music, Highland Pipers and pipe bands can get a bit of a bad rap and for you know for reasons like um <laughs> for uh, reasons. you, you don't you know, good uh, reasons or bad reasons but for reasons <laughs> i mean i've been myself like you know that myself like you know running a session around saint patrick's day yeah. and all of a sudden uh, a pipe band um uh you know uh comes in through the door of the pub and yeah. thinks that they're god's god's gift to music you know <laughs> we are um, <laughs> um and you get to listen to um someone you know massacre danny boy for five minutes you, you know the thing um, if, if you play loud enough you can't hear anybody say anything against you so it's pretty yeah, easy yeah, yeah. to just go about feeling pretty darn happy and <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know this like so like i understand that side of the thing at the same at the same time like flipping it around like you know it's a it's an irish american institution um and it's relatively affordable um it's relatively you know democratic like myself a kid interested in this stuff like i could start um, getting a, ra- a hand around playing, you know, uh, marches and, and jigs and reels and that kind of thing. Um, by what, what's a, what, what did a practice chanter cost in, you know, 1998? Like, right. Yeah. Um, you give them less know, than 40 bucks, bucks if you wanted yeah, to, right? Like, yeah. Um, Go to it's, the a, it's, 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 it's about, ju- it's just as, it's nearly as affordable as, as uh, a tin whistle, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. um, and in a lot of places in the country where there, you might not, you know, uh, really be able to just like go go down to your local session um it under you understand why so many people get into it um 
and you know why have as many people get out of it later on in life um <laughs> that's true. yeah but i think that's 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 how it started anyways you know was uh was there anybody in the pipe band there who was encouraging you to also pick up whistle or was that independent you know i i recall that being largely independent yeah um i think i think when people uh knew i was doing it they were um they were encouraging about it and thought it was cool but there was not i don't recall a lot uh, you know in some places in in this country you would see um musicians involved in the local pipe band who also were involved in in traditional irish music in, in places like chicago and that mm. um, boston um uh but no there was no one down there who was doing um who was doing both things so how how long were you playing whistle by yourself before you found somebody like a session or something most of my teens honestly um yeah. uh uh yeah it wasn't really uh until i was i was back up here that i started running into sessions again mm -hmm. um which really is uh, uh makes an argument for the amount of work you can get done um uh with with recordings and that sort of thing you know yeah yeah, I feel I feel I feel increasingly lucky when I look back um, that I had a I had an uncle who lived with me most of my childhood, and uh, he, I don't know if it was self consciousness on his part or what, but he always like like he aspired to be a children's book illustrator, but mm -hmm. he felt um, self conscious I think about checking out stacks and stacks of children's books from the library <laughs> to kind of look at. So he'd take my siblings and I to the library so we'd check out books for him. And like, and same interest in animation. He loved the Batman cartoon that was on when mm -hmm. we were kids, yeah, but yeah. he didn't, he didn't want to watch it by himself, even if it was just him in the basement. Like he felt self-conscious about watching sure, the yeah, yeah. show. So he'd get me from school early so we could go home and watch Batman. <laughs> Man, what a and great uncle. He was a cool uncle. And in a similar <laughs> way, like when he wanted to learn harmonica, he didn't buy himself one. He bought two so that I right. would learn with him. Right. And same yeah. with the whistle. He bought two whistles and he and I sat down and learned whistle together. And, uh, and so like, I never, I never had to be alone. <laughs> right. I guess, it doesn't have to be a bad thing to play alone, of course, but I, I do imagine like, did you feel reasonably confident or at least comfortable coming into playing with other people or had years of isolation play make you feel maybe like worried about, oh, I'm, I'm self-taught. I'm a country bumpkin coming into the big city kind of thing, musically speaking, you know? Yeah. You know, I think I, it's, it, it it's funny to think about it, but I think I do remember being, um, anxious about it at first yeah um and I, I was young you know i'd be this was in my um uh uh what was it now like i think like late teens um yeah. really when i first started playing out um but then you know the same thing goes for uh a lot of kids like um you know it's unless you're lucky enough to grow up like uh my partner kate she um grew up in Philadelphia and she was part of a, a musical project there called the next generation, um, which was mm. running out of the uh, Phillies um, Irish center. Um, and uh, so she was going on Saturday mornings to be taught um, alongside a, a bunch of other kids um, learning how to play music socially with them, learning how to perform a bit with them. Um, so by the time that she was, uh, you know, uh, old enough to start going out to pubs and that kind of thing. Um, that was already old hat for her. Mm. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're a, a weirdo like me who, who gets it, um, has to kind of figure it out, um, on their own a bit, you know, in isolation to an extent. Um, yeah, I, I think there is a bit of a, um, 
a, a bit of a, a hump to get over just in terms of uh, figuring out um, how to how to play socially and, and play with other people and then figuring out, you know, kind of like learning music off of albums is great. Um, uh, but it wouldn't necessarily give you the same kind of well-rounded session repertoire um, mm. Mm. that uh, you get if you're just going down to your local every week um, and and picking up the tunes that way. And that was really the job for me uh, uh, when I was when I when I got into my teens and, and early twenties, kind of you know, mm. uh, picking up a bunch of tunes at sessions and making up for lost time, you know. So so then where did so I'm kind of like building the timeline in my mind as far as the musical instruments go as they as your collection grows right so we've got pipes and whistles where did where did the like you know the the banton work come in the where did the small pipes and even the illin pipes and the and and other and other other kinds of pipes start coming in to your your yeah. uh, possession and play uh, yeah that's great that's a great question um so let's see now um I was I lived in, I moved to Glasgow for a couple of years. That's cool. uh, I was living in Scotland. Um, and uh, I moved there. I wanted to, you know, I just needed to, I was a young man and knew that I wanted to be in, I, I you know, my, in my, all of my hubris and foolishness um, knew that I wanted to be in uh music for a living and traditional music for mm -hmm. a living um uh, well i look well i don't know about other trad musicians but i know that at least amongst us north american pipers in general if you've gone to the holy land <laughs> and spent time over there in scotland you come back with a certain aura all about you you know like we just assume that you know what you're talking about and yeah you know, we can we I, can I almost smell it by proximity like just get up close to you and we're, our playing will get better so you made yeah, the right, right choice as far as yeah. i know <laughs> you know it, it's a funny little thing so i don't know i i, I don't know i like i and if i was in my right mind i would have been going to um to limerick you know mm, um yeah. uh to, to, to study irish music there um but i think uh, at that time in my life, I was in my early twenties. I, uh, was still, I, I had quit playing Highland pipes at that time, but was still playing, um, border pipes. Um, I was playing loads of flute, um, but was playing border pipes and, I wasn't, I already had one foot out the door, uh, but wasn't really ready. You know, it, it I, 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 at that time, I did not know how easy it was to learn other instruments if you mm -hmm. already played music, particularly if you're talking about the difference between, you know, whistles and flutes and, and, and pipes right, and that sure. kind of thing. Um, and I think I was thinking, you know, I already have all this time invested. What, what would I be doing? Um, uh, giving up, uh, Scottish pipes at my advanced age of, you know, 21. Mm -hmm. Can't start um, all over with something exactly. like small yeah. pipes um, now. So <laughs> yeah, and I, you know, at that point, I was Jesus. I still had a lot to learn about music in general, but had done enough listening that I was aware of uh, a lot of the music. And you know, this is go again going back to Harry Bradley, who I'd been listening to in my mm -hmm. teens. Um, uh, that musical tradition coming out of the north of Ireland um, is has a it, it's inflected with elements of scottish music um not directly but uh 
which is to say like it, it's not inflected with modern Scottish music, but mm. historically, particularly with people um, uh, from the Northwest, from, from uh, County Donegal, particularly um, going from Donegal uh, to Scotland for seasonal labor. Um, and there's a great fiddle tradition in Donegal and um, musicians would, would, would go to Scotland and uh, pick up tunes there and um, uh, go back to their own localities and um, kind of took elements of, of Scottish music and fused them with their own uh, regional tradition um, into this like incredibly elaborate, just gorgeous, powerful um, uh, musical tradition. Um, and Highland piping was actually a small part of that. Um, and a lot, um, their repertoire, much more than the rest of Ireland was, uh, is made up of, uh, all right. Can you hey. hear me now? Yes, sir. Sorry about that, man. I, we just completely lost internet here. I have no idea what happened. I just, oh, I reset gotcha. the router and we seem to be up and running again. Um, Everything sounds great now. Yeah, that's uh, well, no problem. I, and really, honestly, I'm just relieved. I was just uh, I just stood that old computer I was telling you about up on its side and pointed a fan at it in case it was like <laughs> heat or something. Cause... No, it, it, it wasn't you. It, 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 Kate was uh, in the other room and uh, uh, she completely lost service too. Um, oh, gotcha. Which would be the, would be the timing. Like I, I it would be right. I teach she's on probably, this thing. Yeah, and she's probably teaching right now too. Huh? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. No, like like I, that never happens here. I don't know what the story is. Anyway, sorry about that. Um, well, no. Happy, happy problem, to pick up where man. we left off. Yeah. So you were in Scotland when 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 I, when I lost audio. Uh, right. Not not Limerick. Would have thought to go to Limerick if you'd thought of it, but hadn't thought of it. So you headed to Glasgow instead. Yep. Um, and yeah, I think I, I, I was saying that I went there, um, because, uh, I, I, for loads of reasons, um, one, it wasn't, uh, too far away from Belfast, mm. uh, which is where a lot of my flute playing heroes, um, are from, um, the ones living anyways. Um, <laughs> right. And, and, uh, the yeah as well um the the relationship between um uh the music of Donegal and uh Scotland um yes uh and the role of the small but present role of um highland pipes or or war pipes in the um uh uh music of of that county that's that there there's another term that you know I've heard and even used for decades and never been a hundred percent sure that i was talking about highland pipes when i said war pipes so yeah <laughs> thanks for clearing it, all these up for me today will i appreciate yeah, it. <laughs> yeah yeah same same thing really i think it's the old it's the old it's it's really a, a term that comes out of the the gaelic revival i think in ireland mm. um and it was a way i mean the, you know the, obviously the uh the, the the what we today call the highland pipes obviously are a indigenous instrument of both ireland and scotland um but i think was a way to kind of re uh nativize um uh the instrument um uh, without calling it the highland pipes you know which has obvious scottish associations um speaking of having like a small sampling of familiarity and assuming that means you're an absolute expert i had a lovely coworker, very nice person who took her dream trip to ireland a few years ago and i was so happy for her and i couldn't help ask did you hear any 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 good music while you're over there maybe any pipe bands uh because she knew i played bagpipes right mm -hmm. and she uh very sweetly informed me that oh you know hey sweetie you know jim the uh 
they don't really do bagpipes in Ireland. That's a <laughs> I'm like, oh, my mistake. Never mind. You know, just leave it at that. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a non-confrontational kind of person, so I just no, backed man. away from the conversation. <laughs> yeah, and discretion being the better part of valor and all that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, wise move. I would have done very much the same. Um, so yeah, that's that's why I wound up there, anyways. Um, yeah. And uh, yeah, they all all the all the uh, people around the Glasgow scene um, knew me as the uh, um, nutty American who moved to <laughs> to Scotland to um, uh, you know uh, play Irish music. Mm. Um, which, in, in fairness <laughs> to them, it was a fairly nutty move. Um, yeah. But there's actually there's a great there's a great I mean there's a great traditional music scene in in Glasgow in general. Oh, certainly, um, yeah, it's gotta be. Uh, and there actually is a um, again I think hugely overlooked uh, traditional Irish music scene that there are massive amounts of Irish immigration to Glasgow, um, mm. and a number of great musicians who live there, um, and a number of great Illin pipers actually. Um, uh, uh, the Friel family lives there, and uh, Sheila Friel is a great Ilan mm. Piper. I knew he, her when I lived there. Um, Jarlath Henderson, um, right, yeah. uh, a great, a fantastic Ilan Piper who again lives in lives in Glasgow or was living in Glasgow when I was there. Anyways, I assume he's still there. I've talked to him in, in a number of years now. Um, but uh, Jarlath's a, a really nice guy and, and was was very kind to me when I when I was over there. Um, so I think it was actually living over there that I first got the notion that um, I might actually be able to to take on the the Illin pipes and um, it my my time in basically my visa was running out in Scotland um, do, do they and, ever issue like a special like is there a certain color for the card if you're there on a uh music osmosis trip where you can get a, <laughs> like a 90-day extension if you're still learning from from Jarlath henderson or something like that god i i wish like you know um and god, who knows what they would have done if i could have just uh kept on you know uh renewing things uh yeah. over and over but no i was i was there on a, i was on a two-year student visa um mm. i was um so uh yeah that that time was running out and i thought of course the, the government had changed things to where i thought i would be actually would be able to extend it but mm found out about six months in advance that I wouldn't be able to. Mm. Um, and, uh, you know, there went my plans of uh, uh, staying um, over there and never coming back to America. <laughs> right. um, uh, so I was, I was looking at, I was looking at, at having to move back over here and trying to figure out where to live um, and what to do. And again, made the kind of, uh, sort of logical leap that only a man in his early twenties could, <laughs> which is, uh, to say like, ah, well, you know, I sure I would like to play, I would like to play music full time, but you know, I know it's, it's awfully tough getting going. You know, the gigs can be few and far between, you know, it's hard to get stuff started. Surely I'll need some sort of day job to kind of, you know, fill in the gaps when I'm not mm -hmm. on the road, uh, playing to my adoring public. So, uh, obviously I, pipe making is a, is a steady bet. That's a solid enough day job. Uh, surely, <laughs> right. surely, surely someone will, uh, surely there's, there's someone who will, uh, uh, give me an apprenticeship. Uh, and teach me how to make the instrument, and of course, pay me while doing so. Yeah, uh, yeah. As, yeah. I, as I, of learn. course, yeah. as, as of course, I deserve. You know, uh, well, and of course, myself being twenty-four, pipe makers have so much money <laughs> right. already that they could definitely take on a paid apprentice. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so hunted around, you know, um, definitely wanted to uh, would would have loved to be able to move to Ireland and uh, 
work for an apprentice or have an apprenticeship there. Um, emailed some pipe makers. Stunningly, did not hear back um, from <laughs> any of them. Uh, but uh, had uh, I reached out to Nate Banton, um, who mm-hmm. was living in New York City at the time. Nate's Nate's wife uh, is is from New York. Uh, she's from Rockaway, um, and they were living down there. Um, Nate had a workshop in uh, Williamsburg, uh, East Williamsburg, and in Brooklyn. Um, and Nate, God bless him, I'll never knew, I'll never know why he did it. Um, agreed to take me on as an apprentice, and uh, was even willing to pay me after uh, I, I put in just a little bit of time. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we basically was started paying me as soon as I actually was able to do anything in the shop, yeah. um, just after a, a, a couple of months, really. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, which was still incredibly generous of him. And, um, uh, yeah, I, 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 I still, still owe him a ton for that. There um, is something to be said for like just doing stuff before you're old enough to realize how crazy it is. Yeah, absolutely. And how much you're asking of people, you know? Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah. I yeah, mean, I, I, I think that's yeah. applicable to a lot of things, including things like, <laughs> like having kids. In all honesty, right? Yeah, right. Right. This right. is on my mind right now because my wife and I are about to have yet another kid. But we look, <laughs> we look back at our own, you know, when our first child was born, which is over a decade ago now, and like it terrifies us in a in a sort of like retroactive way because we were we now know how how ignorant and foolish we were. <laughs> 10 years ago, you know, like we couldn't take care of a baby 10 years ago. What were we doing having babies? It's a, right, it's a miracle exactly. that the baby survived this long. So. Yeah. The, the, the beauty of being of that age and just kind of the, the, um, the, uh, the confidence to, to just say, you know, yeah, this will all be fine. Right. I'm just going to do it. It'll be <laughs> yeah. fine. Yeah. And you know, a lot of the time it works out, right? Yeah. Totally. Um, which maybe, maybe says something for trying to hang on to an element of that confidence, you know? Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Um, uh, you know, of course, I suppose there's also, if you're whatever, you know, 23 or 24, there's a willingness to, uh, um, uh, uh, suffer, um, uh, uh and a capability maybe to, uh, to, to suffer, uh, in ways that you, you maybe, uh, grow less tolerant of as you get, uh, older and softer, you know, there is um, some kind of trope about like hitting your early to mid thirties. That's when you start to want nice stuff. Yeah. yeah <laughs> right. Yeah, you yeah. just want to be comfortable. You're tired. Yeah. Of... <laughs> yeah. 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 Ex- exactly. You know, like I'm when feeling I was, when that I... big time. <laughs> <laughs> when I was, when I was working with, with Nate, you know, we was, you know, I was living with, uh, uh, how many other guys were in that Brooklyn apartment? I was living with, Two other guys, you know, basically mm. in a in a, in a shoebox, in like a and yeah, and you know, uh, uh, you know, just to you know make uh, make things work rent wise. Um, and geez, I didn't I didn't mind it at the time, you know, but I surely would now. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So yeah, I got started with Nate, um, and uh, was still working on. Obviously, was was working on making uh, Nate. Fairly quickly, uh, had me kind of, um, focusing on the border pipes side mm. of the business. Um, and at the same time, I was, um, going out 
in New York playing playing a bunch of sessions, just playing flute, mind you. I would I wouldn't have brought border pipes to to mm. sessions in New York. I'd always kind of kept the the two things um separate. I you know, I was I think I was interested in that specific Donnie Gall repertoire as it would fit on the border pipes, but that was about it. Mm. I you know, I at that point I knew better than to be trying to play Scottish pipes in an Irish session. Um mm. particularly in New York City, you know. Um uh and so yeah I was playing flute out there um uh and just getting to know people that's where i first met uh kate um and nate when he first hired me on uh said that he would be in new york for you know ah you know half a decade or so you know but mine like because i was part of the appeal again me thinking that i had any room to negotiate at all you know yeah um, <laughs> yeah part of the part of the appeal was like oh man he's a pipe maker and he's in new york city i can have my cake and eat it too man i can i can learn how to make right. pipes you know i can uh um uh make pipes during the day play sessions at night like god like world's yeah. my oyster um That's when you go marching in and say you are an okay fit for me i'll take you <laughs> <laughs> exactly um and, uh, you know, and Nate, and Nate was like, well, okay, that, that sounds great. But just so you know, like we are eventually going to leave the city, you know, we're planning, you know, Nate, had, yeah. Nate was, had just gotten married. Um, uh, he was like, we are planning on having kids and we, we want to raise the kids, um, outside of the city. We're probably going to move to Maine. Um, just so you know, I'm not going to be here forever. And I was like, Nate, that sounds great. You know, he's like, I'll, I'll probably be half, I'll be here for four or five more years. And I was like, that sounds good. You know, like, man, I can get everything done in five years. Yeah, no I'll be an old man by then. No <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but no, uh, 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 and I think I'd been in Nate's shop for about six months where, when he announced to me that his, his wife was pregnant <laughs> and they were probably going to be moving, leaving in a year. So. Um, that, that sent, you know, my, my plans of, uh, you know, uh, New York city glory, um, obviously, uh, <laughs> uh, a little bit off course, but I knew at, at that point I was smart enough to know that I had a good thing going for me working for him. Um, yeah. and decided to, and we're, you know, it was just Portland. He was moving to, we're two, we're less than two hours, um, up the road from Boston. Um, mm. it's, and you know, there's, there's a direct train route and all that. So, um, Boston, of course, being another great city for, for traditional Irish music. Um, so I figured I ought to kind of take my best bet. Um, uh, and, you know, at, at, and at that time, you know, I decided, I had decided that, you know, I was, uh, uh, far too much of God's gift to the world to, you know, do something like, you know, work in coffee or something like that. Right, right, um, right. Can't be wasting uh, your talents. <laughs> exactly. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, um, uh, took, took my, uh, took my two year chip, uh, with New York and, uh, uh, cashed it in and, uh, moved up to Portland where I've been ever since. Yeah. Um, uh, moved out, uh, moved out of, uh, uh, New York in a, the middle of a snowstorm in, mm. uh, Brooklyn in February. It was moving a giant South Bend, uh, 13 inch, uh, uh, swing lay. The thing weighed 2000 pounds, oh, uh, yeah. getting that out of a Brooklyn warehouse onto a truck and, and up to Maine. I don't think I'll ever recover from that. Um, <laughs> it's like from now on, anytime you set up shop, it'll be where there, where there's a lathe already positioned. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, so yeah, was, was working with Nate making border pipes all that time. It wasn't until I moved up to Portland, um, and met my friend Kieran O'Hare, uh, that I actually got onto the Illin pipes. 
Yeah. Um, Kieran met me and was, again, another guy who was just incredibly kind and generous to me. Um, uh, probably really before I, before I deserved it. Um, and Kieran, uh, was very encouraging of my efforts, uh, mm. musically. Uh, he was particularly encouraging of my efforts on the flute. And, um, so, you know, at that point, I, I was still on that, that track of, I'd be my mid twenties now. I was still on that track of, uh, basically doing everything but playing Ellen pipes because yeah. I was so yeah. attached to, um, the fact that I put all this time in on the, uh, on the, on the Scottish pipes chanter. Um, and in fairness now was, genuinely interested in some of the musical stuff that, that had to do with, with to taking tunes from the Donegal fiddle tradition and putting them on the, uh, on the pipes, on the, on yeah. the Scottish pipes. Um, and Nate and I were up to all that nutty stuff we were doing at the time in terms of tacking on extra drones and, Man, you know, uh, the, the low, the low though. drone and, and that yeah. kind of thing. Um, uh, I don't feel it, like any set of small pipes should have fewer than five drones on it. <laughs> after having watched enough of those videos. And, then, and if you're going to go contrabass, you know, I like having that little piccolo drone sticking out the side as well, you know. Give me, give me a whistle. I want to whistle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah we, we, were really, we really got up to some stuff. Um, but, uh, no, Kieran was, Kieran's a great, uh, a great Ellen Piper, world-class Ellen Piper, really. Yeah. And, um, he uh, was just like, right. He just kept on looking at me and just being like, right. So you were, you are going to start playing Allen pipes. It's just hmm. a matter of time. <laughs> um, and really just, you know, he just loaned, he, Kieran's like one of those Allen pipers who's got a, a set of pipes and, and a couple of different pitches, um, uh, just bits and pieces knocking around. Um, and just eventually, um, all I had to do was ask and he gave me the loan of a set um, I think I was, uh, I think I was 26, I think I was. Um, and, uh, that was it. You know, I knew, I knew that it, it was, uh, there was no going back. There was, there was no going back. I, and I knew, I knew, and I think I put it off for as long as I did because I knew that that really would be the end of me. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was. <laughs> um, and I, th I think I, I probably put it off because I was worried. About, I had notions about, you know, uh, worrying about, you know, uh, making a living and that kind of thing. Um, sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's, that's basically the story. Like I, I, I managed to put off getting onto the Ellen pipes until I was in my mid twenties. And then once I was, that was, no that was it. You know, it was, it was a great, obviously I kept working with Nate. Um, yeah. uh, Nate and I, Nate and I remained good friends. Um, Kate and I bought a house, um, a year and a half ago and we're half a mile, God, less than half a mile from me mm. in his shop. But I have my own shop now, um, that I'm making Ellen pipes out of. Um, uh, he and I are kind of, um, uh, uh, no longer business partners, but uh, uh, under the best of terms, like simply like he has sh his shop and I have mine and he makes small pipes, um, up is, there. And I, is, and I make is there any like, mine. like highly specific, like, you know, like running to the neighbor to borrow a cup of sugar things like, but like that are like so specific to this niche thing that you both do where like, 
oh no, I need a, you know, I don't, I don't even know what the terminology would be, but I'm like, I'm delighting in the p- potential for like a, a Steve Martin style joke where it's like, I need my, my half by seven, two, two inch sprocket, sprocket fling, fl- flange. And Ab- you know, that kind of thing. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, yeah, that's great. It's like, uh, Hey Nate, uh, you know, um, I, my, uh, my, uh, quarter inch, um, gun drill is only 14 inches long and i have this weird job came in and i need an 18 inch uh quarter inch gun drill for this one do you have one handy and he's like yeah 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 i do you know <laughs> that's um, so awesome yeah and, and he might ask me for the same i, I it's we're probably uh uh kieran o'hara has pointed this out like I, I don't know if there's any place in the world aside from portland where there's two pipe makers operating right. within a mile radius that of each close other. together yeah. <laughs> yeah and on such great terms as well yeah, yeah, yeah. it's yeah. just awesome mm-hmm. now now the uh the um speaking of the elm pipes i thought maybe we could pull in another track from the glory reel uh track sure. three unintentional theme has developed of me asking you to define things for me will clarify mm-hmm. terms <laughs> um repeal of the union and scotsman over the border it feels appropriate because we're talking about border pipes yeah. and illin pipes and i again hear union pipes sometimes and mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure that refers to illin pipes but i realize like right now i'm realizing like i'm actually not 100 sure that that's it that's the case right that's illin pipes Yes, the the Union pipes are the Illin pipes. Um, the the term Illin, which is you know just the the Irish word for elbow, 
mm-hmm. um, uh, or so I'm told anyways, um, is uh, my understanding of it is that it is a label that got stuck on the instrument uh, not until the 20th century anyways. Oh. It was a um, word that comes out of the, uh, the, the Gaelic revival in Ireland. Um, oh, I see. Uh, and prior to that, the, the, the first, the, really the, we see them most commonly being referred to, um, in Ireland, um, prior to the famine as, Mm. which uh, the, the famine was devastating to pipe makers and pipers in Ireland. Most of the pipe makers and pipe makers, sorry, most of the pipe makers and pipers in Ireland, um, uh, if they survived the famine at all, uh, escaped to America. Mm. Um, the majority of them anyways. Um, so, but prior to the famine, we, the, is really like this golden era of pipe making and piping in Ireland. And in all of the literature that survives, the instrument is referred to as the union pipes. Um, uh, there's no real, clear reason that they're referred to as the union pipes some people think that the term refers to as the un- the musical union between chanter drones and regulators oh i see um after that they in in america in irish america you know where the concert pitch pipes were invented by the taylor brothers in the 1860s mm. um they're universally referred to as the irish pipes or the Irish bagpipes. They're not called the Ellen pipes and they're not really called the union pipes either. They're just called the Irish pipes. Mm. Um, which is still how I mostly introduce them to people. Um, when they ask me what the hell I'm playing. Um, and then, uh, yeah, the Ellen pipes come in, in the, uh, in the, in the the 1920s or maybe a bit before then, I think, uh, maybe the 1890s. I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, so the union pipes, um, refer to the same instrument, in modern parlance, um, they often refer to uh, flat pitch pitched instruments with a narrow bore that are copies of um, pre-famine instruments made in Ireland. Oh, so so if I had a if I had a con so so let me see if I can get this straight. So a concert pitch set of illum pipes. Concert pitch meaning typically D, right? D, yeah. Um, so that's I could call those Illin pipes or Irish mm-hmm. pipes or concert pitch pipes. If I was talking with other pipe, if I was talking with people who actually played though, and I was like, oh, I'm gonna get myself a set of B, B flat, um, may- maybe even C Illin pipes. I I would maybe then say Union pipes. You would probably. I mean, in in actual practice, um, the you would probably just. I mean, in actual practice, you would probably just say pipes because you were talking oh, yeah. to other Illin pipers who know who you're talking about. Um, taking a step back from that, it's still like, you know, we're talking about a, a, a modern tradition. So you would probably just say Illin pipes. Right. Um, but if you see the term used at all, it would be by people being highly specific mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. about what specific, um, you know, organological tradition they're mm. referencing that's fun. um uh it, it's it's extremely nerdy stuff you know um which is why like, we're here <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah um like i can think of like uh uh uh, uh bill hanneman 
um, who's a great, he's, he's American, but uh, living in Ireland, been in Ireland for decades now. He's a great uh, pipe maker, a great maker of, of Illin pipes. Um, I believe Bill, you know, uh, uh, titles himself as a maker of Union and Illin pipes. I see. Um, to... Which, which does make sense, you know. I, I mean, I, I don't think Bill would walk around calling himself that, but, you know, on his website or whatever. Um, uh, which I think is just points to the fact that he's, there's, we're, even when we're talking about Illin piping, um, or the Irish piping tradition, we're referencing these, uh, specific, you know, different piping traditions within yeah. that kind of broader tent, you know? It, it's interesting. Like I, I would have imagined the the union piping name being sort of the newer one, just because I, I you know, Illin Irish language feels pre-Anglo, right? And so it feels like yeah. it's got to be older. And 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 I had I had heard something. I think it's um like something like the Algonquin word for the animal that I call a woodchuck in English. Mm -hmm. Like that word just sounds kind of like woodchuck. And that's mm -hmm. so like, the, you know, of course these creatures don't actually chuck wood, you know, it just right. kind of sounds that way. And so I had kind of imagined <laughs> like, Oh, some, somebody, some English speaker couldn't pronounce illin pipes and it sounds kind of like union pipes. And so then people started calling them union pipes. So I would have had the timeline flipped around if I was guessing at where these different terms were coming in. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's a funny point there too, right? Because it, it's, you have to think about, like, I think like the, the, the Illin pipes and the union pipes absolutely are a Irish cultural product and a mm -hmm. instrument native to Ireland. Um, but you also have to think about in the era, we're talking about the, you know, the going from the 1790s to the, the 18, 40s um you think about the amount of work that goes into a set of illin pipes today right yeah um and then think again about doing the same job but at a time when things like ebony you know ivory mm -hmm. even Brass. I just heard a Paul McCartney song going through my head. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <But yes>. Brass, <laughs> brass, nickel, silver, all the all the supplies that go into the instrument are that much more dear, that much more yeah. expensive yeah. Um, and harder to get. And all of this is being done without electrical power. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's true. Um, you think about and, how and, fast a lathe can spin something, right? Yeah. Um, and without... With your foot. <laughs> exactly. Without the aid of, of modern machining. Yeah. And like, think about... It's it's 1820. You're in Ireland. Think about uh, the cost of a lathe. Oh, yeah. For sure. You know? Um, so, uh, the, the, the it, these instruments were not being made for your local country piper to play for the dance at the crossroads um these right. instruments were being made for the aristocracy that's um, interesting that's it my, my, you, do you do you happen to listen to the way two twags bagpiping history podcast that uh, i know I, I i i i've seen it advertised but i've never actually listened to it myself it, it's it's super fun it's super fun and he's been he's been kind of uh trying to suss out lately a clarification for what people are talking about in these old manuscripts when they refer to a gentleman piper Mm -hmm. whether it is a gentleman i.e a person of of means right who yeah. who plays pipes because then they could afford such a set of pipes right yeah or is it more like a gentleman's gentleman right where a piper who is 
you know, hired by a gentleman. Uh, and in that case, then still the gentleman would be the person of means who could afford a set of pipes, you know. So one way or the other, I see what you're saying. It would be only the people with money who would have these these instruments made exactly yeah yeah and yeah like no the, there are a lot of stories of it wouldn't just be the you know the uh, the landlords themselves um playing the pipes a lot of the time they would uh basically uh patronize a right um local musician um uh who had already proven themselves to be you know capable on you know whatever the flute or the fiddle yeah um and then um gift them or loan mm. them a set of pipes um sometimes because they wanted them to to be you know their own basically you know kind of uh resident or semi-resident musician sometimes because the the musician in question was um you know there's a lot of stories of of um blind children being educated in music in oh, ireland yeah. um, simply because it was a way to make for them to make a living mm. uh, where otherwise they might not have been able to um uh so sometimes I think it was almost considered an act of um, charity, you know, um, right, to, right, yeah. uh, to, to, to kind of give give someone a, a set of pipes. Um, but it, it's and, and obviously I, I don't think it's as clean cut as that either. Sure. Um, what whatever is any anything you look at it long enough, it, it gets kind of gray and fuzzy, doesn't it? Yeah, because it's it's very important to note that you know the the musicians who fled to um america after the famine or during the famine um were not you know it wasn't it wasn't the people with money um and land oh, yeah, who came course. over here you know it was it was working irish people um and there were um there was obviously a huge appetite for piping amongst um that that uh, to amongst um immigrants over here and mm -hmm. um Already, there were there were there were pipers amongst them too. So, yeah. you know, the, the I think probably the um, the detail uh, has has been some of the details been lost to time. I'm sure. Yeah. Well, that would make sense. Um, so, but maybe though, I guess I'm. I, so now now I've got I'm, I feel very cautious about saying this. I might I might just well I'm just gonna go for it and and feel free to and feel I am completely confident letting everybody know how ignorant I am of things. But mm -hmm. now that I've mentioned my buddy Jeremy, he loves Jackson, and now I'm like, wait, which Jackson is it? Is it uh? Because now now all I can think of is Jackson Pollock, but I know that's not right. <laughs> Walker Jackson? Uh, Does that sound Walker, like Walker, Walker Jackson? Jackson? I think is the name. Um, yeah. Because you've got uh, you've got another track on this album. Uh, patty on the turnpike and uh and jackson's and you just left it yeah, jackson's. Yeah, yeah and i thought that was funny because uh jeremy uh he put out an album i think it was his album called bannocks of barley meal it might have been one of the previous ones though where he had so many tunes it's like so many that were jackson's walking stick jackson's mm -hmm. pet dog jackson's walking you know like just everything belongs to jackson you know and yeah. i wondered if was that the reason why this the, the set the title you gave to this set it ends with jackson's with a possessive s is there multiple jackson tunes in the mix there there are loads of jackson's tunes yeah. um and, and the ones i think that uh uh, <clears throat> uh your man there is is playing um would probably the majority of them have to, i assume have to do with it yeah that walker jackson who was that a uh, uh, gentleman piper who um so many tunes are associated with 
Um, yeah, and he has mentioned that, like, he maybe didn't write all of them. This might be kind of like a Psalms situation where you have a lot of work being attributed to a an almost mythical figure, in a way. Yeah, or just tunes, kind of, you know, I mean, a lot of his tunes are awfully samey. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Uh, and it might just be a story of kind of, you know, a few uh, kind of, you know, tunes at the... Uh, trunk of the tree gradually metamorphosizing into 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 slightly different versions of themselves awfully getting, samey i like that yeah it? And, and getting getting different names stuck on them over the, yeah. over the generations you know that um sense. the that that track in question though is actually um kate's fiddle solo Those tunes come from uh, the playing of a fiddler named James Morrison, who was coming over here. He was from Sligo, but was recording in America in the 20s. And that specific Sligo uh, fiddle repertoire has a few, not a lot, but I think a couple tunes in it that are called Jackson's. And mm. I would be hard-pressed to say, they're very, th those tunes are very different. The tunes that get associated with the Jackson and the piping tradition. It, it could be, it could be anything, you know. Um, a lot of the tunes in that, um, the, in that tradition, that and in the, the that fiddle tradition I'm talking about, and in yeah. that specific kind of like uh, little Sligo repertoire, not little, but in the sli that Sligo repertoire um, from the specific locality of these musicians in question that came to America and recorded um, in the 20s. A lot of those tunes um were that have someone's name on them someone's last name on them uh mm. are often have to do with a um dancing master or kind of traveling oh, uh, gotcha. uh fiddle uh fiddle uh right. teacher who was was um uh transmitting these tunes to, to musicians around then that okay well that makes sense this doubt this album is so dancey in fact there's another track on there um it, it opens with a something i couldn't pronounce but it's got the girls of vardara in the back door in it mm -hmm. um that 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 was the first one where i was i was like wait a second this this is not a balron this is th those are not drums oh right yeah. and then i th i saw the you know the featuring jackie o'reilly thing i was like well who the heck mm -hmm. is jackie o'reilly maybe that's the percussionist right i look her up yeah. no it's a that's dancing you've got dancing on the album and yeah. then i realized oh there have been other tracks that i've already listened to earlier in mm -hmm. the album that also have feature dancing that's so cool i am not a dancer man i've i'm i'm so not a dancer and it's it's funny to me that i've played so many i've spent so many years playing jigs and reels and strathspeys and stuff and like i've never danced a jig or a reel mm -hmm. or a hornpipe you know um 
Do you, do you ever dance, or how does dancing inform? Like this album is is so dancey, you know. So like, yeah, no, I'm, I'm I'm no dancer. I'm no dancer mm-hmm. at all. Um, Kate Kate was a dancer. She did um, uh, Irish Irish step dancing when she was a little kid. Has, um, has she ever she... done that thing where fiddlers play and dance at the same time? God, no, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, fair play to them. I don't Just know how crazy. they do it. Um, yeah. I don't know how they do it, but I, I, I don't think I'd be asking her to do that now. Um, and don't get me uh, wrong. Her playing is amazing all by itself. So I'm not saying that she's not <laughs> impressive if she's not also dancing at the same time, right? I'll have, I'll have to ask her sometime. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll take a photo of her uh, facial reaction. And yeah, there you go. Um, um, I don't think she'll be too pleased. Um, but she's done dance no. at, at some point. Yeah, yeah. When, when yeah. she was a kid, and then she kind of, um, she was she was playing fiddle at the same time, and then yeah. uh, decided to, to go with the fiddle rather than dancing. Um, so yeah, she but she has that she has that in her. Um, uh, no, I'm not. I'm no I'm no dancer. I've never been a dancer. Mm. Um, but I have spent a lot of time playing for for dancers for for yeah. dancers and set dancers um, as well as for for. Um, uh, Sean knows dancers the sort of dance that, that Jackie um, mm. is, is so accomplished at um, and teaches down in Boston. I don't dance at all myself, but have been very lucky to be able to play for great dancers um, mm-hmm. over the years, particularly since I moved up up here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a, a great dancing scene down in, in Boston. So, gotcha. um, and I, I think that that definitely that informs both specifically the kind of stuff that that Kate and I are into. Um, all of those dancers were playing for sorry all those musicians that we listened to were playing for dancers mm. you know god five nights a week in new york city like they mm. were just um uh, they were playing for dancers all the time um and uh that's absolutely in their music even when the music they're playing is not strictly at dance rhythms or dance mm. tempos um just that drive is there yeah um, i feel like that that percussive style of flute playing you do uh really really fits well with the idea of dancing to it's ac- it's it's absolutely about putting the the beat under the dancer's feet mm-hmm. yeah um and um it's 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 one of my favorite things to do like if i could um 
do that a, a couple nights a week, like play for good dancers. I'd be a happy man. Mm. No, now, now, what about though? Do you have any um, like just off the wall, like either like secret um, genres or instruments that you either do play or dream of playing? Like, like uh, let's say it's like non trad. You know, like, are you a, are you, are you like a closet slap bass virtuoso <laughs> and none of us know it, you know, or, or do you dream of like being able to bang out a melody on steel drum or something like that? I, it's a great question. And no, I'm, I'm so, uh, I'm so unimaginative in that way, I suppose. Um, <laughs> you found your niche in your, your, it's your honestly, system. I, I find it, uh, I think, um, and Kate and I talk about this sometimes cause we're, she's the same way. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like around the house um well you know she's like i'll put on some music you know um you know whatever just just uh hanging out around the house like yeah what, what do we listen to um and it, it's not a question of like what kind it's always going to be traditional irish music it's it, at, at best it's a uh um discussion between like well will we listen to like some scratchy old uh digitized 78s or uh will we listen to like some tape someone made of andy mcgann playing in a pub in the 1970s or like are we gonna are we really gonna let our hair down today and actually listen to a modern album like a album of modern traditional <laughs> irish music like right, i don't I even say, mean but modern doesn't I mean like like the, I, you're listening to like 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 gorillas or something right no 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 I don't, I don't even mean like you know like a like i don't even mean like like you know billboard top uh, 40 or something i'm not even talking about lunasa man when i say modern i just <laughs> mean like a pure a, a pure drop a pure drop album uh that that was like recorded last year you know what i mean like yeah. um we're, we're very is <laughs> too far out there <laughs> yeah um we're, we're very we're very uh stayed in that way and, and both that's of us good, have though. been for most of our lives so well, to some degree that's got to be like you've got to be soaking in it to be able to produce it you know I, i've got i would imagine you know like yeah. would, this album wouldn't sound the way it does if you weren't so completely perfectly beautifully percolating in the tradition already you know it, yeah I, I i think so and it's i think it's 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 also it's an overlooked thing and i i i'm just now starting to wonder how this is going to change the um climate of traditional irish music in the next mm. um few decades um the internet for all of its ills um has made the sharing of um you know music um very very easy Oh, and yeah. one thing specifically that it's done for uh, terrible, awful nerds like Kate and myself is it's made digitized uh, recordings of from a century plus yeah. um, widely available yeah. um, in a way that they simply were not even... 20 years ago, even a decade ago, um, yeah. this stuff was really only starting to become, um, accessible. Um, and when you think about, so like, I am a huge man. I'm, I'm somewhat rare in like, I will just pop in the car if, if I'm driving around town or whatever and pop on, uh, recordings, literally digitized from wax cylinders. Uh, recordings of Patsy Tui, the great mm. Irish American piper, um, mm -hmm. a, a stellar musician. Um, and the recordings sound like they were made on wax cylinder. You know, mm -hmm. it's hissing and popping and thumping. 
Um, um, but great piping contained amongst all of that. And I will just drive around listening to that in the car. And we're talking about recordings that were made by Patsy Tui, um, in his New York City basement, um, on a little oh, machine really? about the size of a phone booth. I'd, I'd, um, I'd been imagining that it was from a hall, so you know, from from a concert hall or something that he'd given. No, he he to... made a few he made a few um, commercial seventy eights, but he actually really he mostly he died he died in twenty two too. He did, so he actually predated the uh, commercial seventy eight era huh. as far as it was interested in Irish music, anyways. Yeah. Um, so most of his stuff he had this too. He had this uh, great racket where he advertised in all the uh, Irish American newspapers, um, saying that he would send. A wax. He had a catalog of tunes you could request, um, and if you, you know, it was a dollar per tune. This is you know nineteen nineteen teens uh, mm-hmm. money, you know, so not cheap. And uh, you could uh, mail him a, uh, you know, send him the money and what tunes you were requesting, and in the mail you would receive um, wax cylinders. Mm. of the tunes in question that he had recorded on a wax cylinder uh, recording machine that he he bought and, and owned and, and uh, apparently was stationed in his house. And um, he uh, recorded a bunch of these and um, they were in circulation, um, but there weren't many of them. And a few other people recorded him too. You know, there were uh, Chief O'Neill in Chicago. And so there's these handful of cylinders that survived um and they were but you have to imagine it's it's a it's a wax cylinder it's a physical object yeah um that then um a few of them were and by a few actually it seems like like 40 of these things actually survived um wound up in the hands of people who knew what they were, wanted to preserve them. Um, but for decades, um, decades, like you couldn't hear them at all. And then for another few decades, there was one man in New York City or in Long Island, he, he wound up um, uh, named uh, Tom Busby, um, uh, a piper himself, uh, a great admirer of Tui, um, who had um, a number of Tui's cylinders. And he recorded them onto tapes mm. and the tapes floated around um, and people would make copies of the tapes and copies and copies of the tapes. Um, and it's thanks to Tom Busby that a lot of this stuff actually survives. So much of the Tui that I listen to is um, uh, from these tapes that, that Busby made. So I'm listening to digitized copies of a tape of a right. wax cylinder. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But just the fact that these were preserved at all is like an inc- incredible cultural accomplishment. And we're just now getting into a place where, you know, um, everyone who's so, so desires, at least, um, who, who is of this particular streak can actually study these recordings and right. incorporate, incorporate these lost tunes, this lost repertoire, this lost technique, mm. um, this lost rhythm into their own plane. And we're, we're in that place really for the first time. Um, since Tui himself was walking the earth, um, that is that is pretty exciting. Yeah, so I think that's that, and that's really what's informing um a lot of the stuff that 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 Kate and I are doing. Just the access to this, you know, I I I still think that these musicians like 
from that that era like they were playing at a time where there was massive popular interest in what they were doing yeah um and they were a lot of them were full-time musicians um and they were doing stuff on their instruments that modern irish musicians still have not figured for the most part a few of them can but for the most part still have not figured out how to accomplish how that yeah yeah um or at least to accomplish at the same tempos with the same right, drive right. and lift and that kind of thing you know um uh sorry i went off on a tear there um no that's uh, great that's that's yeah. the good stuff man yeah um i know um, that uh, of course there's this album <clears throat> excuse me the the glory reel and, I, and i'll have a link to that in the show notes as well as that ep from daymark uh mm-hmm. too because i thought that was so excellent and then um like plug for pl- just a, a quick plug for anybody interested in these kinds of like archival resources audio as well as like uh transcripts that you could look at and stuff like that um that uh my buddy jeremy knows it way better than i do but obviously will has dug into this stuff and uh if anybody is like interested in doing that feel free to email the show and i can uh, i'll bug will about it you know i'll reach out to you, will as long as you don't mind i'll be like hey John, where, where do you go to find those uh those, yeah 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 those, um those no I'm, I'm happy to help i mean for people who are um uh looking to get started um what is it now um the the irish traditional music archive in dublin it's itma.ie um is a uh is a great place to start they actually have a load of stuff um, digitized and uh, uh, just available to, to to listen to on their website um, for people looking to get a taste of, of these musicians that I've been talking about. Well, let me just let me just give you a fair warning, Will. Like based off of everything that you've just, especially in the last few minutes, what you've been talking about and the passion that you have about it. Um, fair warning: if you do if you do start delving into the back the back catalog of Jeremy's uh, recordings, um, his investigative work with these uh, archival resources on that way to twags bagpipe and history podcast i wonder if you'll get if you'll listen to quite as many wax cylinder recordings because you might be so enthralled he <laughs> it, it sounds to me like it's right up your alley is what i'm saying yeah, I think, yeah, I'll, I have to, I'll have to check it out it. i'll have to check it out for sure now i also know that you like i know i've heard some tracks from you on like uh like lowland border, border pipe society compilation uh, albums and stuff like that um aside from like the glory reel and and this ep from from uh from daymark and and where i could find you on youtube and stuff do you have any other uh sort of like media stuff you'd like to point people toward or uh things that are in the works that we should be looking forward to that, that's it for now uh, like during the a lot of those recordings on youtube um came out of a project that kate and i uh did during the pandemic um sure which was called the phonograph project, which was, um, us essentially covering, um, 70, we're at an interesting moment in time in that the 1920s are, you know, exactly a century ago. Um, so we were, uh, we were basically, you know, studying and, uh, uh, re-recording our takes on 78s, um, on 78, sides um you know on tracks um that were made in the same year uh so you know 1921 1922 we put up a bunch of um uh 78s of great irish music that were that were recorded um uh, a century prior um and all that stuff's up on youtube now there was a patreon um that we were doing for a while and it was great fun during the 
real life started happening again and we actually started playing out again and there just mm -hmm. wasn't time um, for, for the work. Um, so yeah, the, the Glory Reel, that came out in 2019. That's um, an album we're very proud of. Um, the Phonograph Project was our next major output and that was during the pandemic and we're very proud of that stuff too but it really does just live on youtube at that point mm -hmm. um kate and i are uh starting work on our next album um nice that's what i was really, hoping to hear yeah yeah we're, we're really overdue um uh and we're 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 wanting to get it out soon um but before that happens um i you know, i'm i my my as far as my own pipe making is concerned i'm you know i'm just making illin pipes now um and i'm making half sets i've got uh chanters that i'm happy with and i've got reg i've got drones that i'm happy with um and i'm playing on a chanter and uh drones that i made myself but i'm playing on a borrowed set of regulators um mm -hmm. and i absolutely refuse to record an album until i'm playing on a full set um that i made mm -hmm. myself um so, which is a bit of a roadblock or a bit of a speed bump anyways. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, speed bump, uh, uh, so, um, like she and I could sit down and record an album tomorrow and be happy with it. Um, except for the fact that I do need to get my regulator design <laughs> dialed in. Yeah. Um, so, uh, I'm hoping to have my regulators sorted out. I've been, I've been working on them. Like, um, I've been, work I've been working on them. Um, mm -hmm. so I'm hoping to have my regs sorted out, um, in the next six or eight months or so. And as soon as that's, um, done and I'm used to them, um, and, and happy with how they're, they're going, um, I'd say, um, she and I will, will be, uh, going hammer and tongs on a new album. So with any luck, We'll have an album out by the end of 2024. Well, I'll, I'll have links to where people can find all that kind of stuff in the show notes. And then come, come the next album, you just, you can just plan on me bugging you again and asking you on to talk about it. And we'll do some samples and, and stuff like that. If that works for you, I'd love to. Oh God. Yeah. No, I'd, I'd be, I'd be to thrilled. Yeah. 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 There'll so, be more. Yeah. No, that's more, what I was going to ask you. More, more yeah. of the. Yeah, more more of the 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 last album was a bit of an interesting one in that we it was this kind of hybrid hybridization of the of the um, uh, Irish American repertoire and a lot of the repertoire that Kate grew up with with mm. um, more sort of stuff from from Donny Gall, which is a bit of an odd combo. It, it, a lot of um, people from Donny Gall um, uh, actually and from the North in general um, uh, immigrated to Philadelphia specifically. There used mm. to be an old um, uh, 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 ocean line between, um, uh, I think it was Derry and, mm. uh, and Philly. So there's, there is a bit of a Northern influence there. Um, which is part of why the album is the way it is. Um, but I expect the, the next album will be more, uh, representative of just kind of the full Irish American thing that Kate and I are, are really up to these days. Um, and, and loads of stuff from the, from the twenties and thirties. Um, and probably I expect it'll probably be a little bit heavier on, I, I expect it'll be an unaccompanied, um, pipes and fiddle album for the most part with, um, of course, some flute playing in the mix as well. Um, yeah. but probably mostly pipes and fiddle. That's going to be awesome. Well, I'm looking forward to it. And, uh, what do you think I was trying to decide if we should, if we would go out on the last track of the, um, the glory reel which is the jolly tinker and the wind mm -hmm. that shakes the barley um 
or or something else. Like you know, it could be something from Daymark or something from the, from the 